This is Marathon Training Academy, episode 372. Welcome to the Marathon Training Academy podcast, where we empower you to run a marathon and change your life. I'm Trevor. And I'm Angie. In this episode, we speak with metabolic expert Angelo Poli about how to recondition the body's metabolism and fuel like an athlete. And don't forget, inside the Academy, you can get all of our back podcast episodes, training plans, and more. Find out how to join when you visit MarathonTrainingAcademy.com. So we did launch a new 100-mile um, challenge at the beginning of the year. It is called the Runner's High Challenge, and it's inspired by a famous mountain, the Matterhorn in Switzerland. So if you want another goal to work toward, uh, check out the Runner's High Challenge. Just go to MarathonTrainingAcademy.com and look for that. Angie, between now and the last time we recorded, there was a couple pretty interesting records set. Uh, maybe we can chat about that for a second. Yeah, that's right. Ultra runner Alexander Sorokin improved the world 12-hour run record to 171.41 kilometers. And then he also set a 100-mile record um, running 100 miles in 10 hours, 51 minutes, and 39 seconds. It's the first time anyone's run 100 miles under 11 hours. Yeah, I also read that he uh, he started running to lose weight. So you just never know where running's going to take you, right? We get into running for all kinds of reasons, but now he's running blazingly fast 100-mile ultras. All right, what else we got? Well, the Walt Disney World races took place this last weekend at the time of this recording, and a 33-year-old aspiring Olympian from Denver, Colorado named Brittany Charbonneau won all four events for the Dopey Challenge. So, of course, it's a 5K, 10K, half marathon, and marathon on successive days. And she completed the marathon in 245. And apparently she just showed up and her goal was never to win. She just wanted to go out, wear costumes, have fun, and run as well as she could. Um, and ended up just sweeping the whole thing, which is the first time that's ever happened. That's good enough at least to earn her some extra fast passes, I think. <laughs> she definitely was blazing fast. <laughs> the hard thing about that weekend, from what I've heard, is just how insanely early you have to get up. Because you have to beat the heat. But also, I think, you have to do the whole race before you know the crowds come into the park. So people are saying they're getting up at like 2.30 in the morning. Wow. To uh, get on the bus and go to the starting areas. Well, we had several um, Academy members who completed the Dopey Challenge. So congratulations to Marty, Gregory, and Dipti. And we actually heard back from Dipti. She says, I can't believe I can finally say I'm a marathoner. I can't express in words how incredible this whole week has been doing the Dopey Challenge at Disney and ending it with a bang, 26.2 miles. All the training miles, hours in the gym, early morning wake-ups, time spent working through injuries and setbacks, and planning and dreaming came down to this one magical day. I ran the 5K and 10K with my husband and the half marathon with friends. I chose to run the marathon on my own to push myself and feel all the feels. It was the toughest thing I've ever done, but absolutely amazing. I'm so incredibly grateful to the MTA community for your constant support and love. My incredible husband and best friend has been my rock through it all and was there at the finish line with a huge smile, a tight hug, tears, and a beer. What more could a girl ask for? I'm feeling so blessed. Well, big congrats, Dipti, on conquering your first marathon and taking on such a hard challenge, doing a 5K, 10K, half, and full marathon on consecutive days. And she finished in good time, too, at the marathon. That's right. 
And we've been hearing from other people who are kind of giving us a roundup of what their 2021 looked like as far as their running goals. This one comes from Tiffany. She says, I finally got the 300 mile challenge done. I'm a new runner. I just started at the age of 52 and I've been slowly, and I do mean slowly, plugging away at it. I didn't start off 2021 with many miles, but training for my first half marathon in November really racked them up. I topped off the 300 on Saturday with my first 15K. This comes from Callie. She says, when the year started, my goal was to do the 500 mile challenge. I wasn't sure I would make it, but by the end of 2021, I reached 800 miles. I think I speak for many or most of us when I say that running has kept me sane during this pandemic time. And thanks to all you MTAers for inspiring me every day. And this comes from Jill in the Academy. She says, I finished 2021 off with a 72-hour challenge called Across the Years. What a fun and well-organized running event. In an attempt to make lemonade out of 2021's COVID lemons, I used the relative isolation to prepare for and complete four 100-mile races. I am now done with those, and my body will be glad to know I'm going back to three-mile days. As always, this group has sustained me, inspired, and challenged me. And Angie and Trevor, you've been in my ear pretty much every run. Thank you all and have a brilliant 2022. Man, she is just out there crushing it. She mentions uh, COVID lemons. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there'll be plenty more lemons that we could uh, make lemonade out of. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just but, keep your juicer out. <laughs> <laughs> so great job, everyone out there putting in the work. I know you'll enjoy this interview with Angelo Poli. He is, of course, from MetPro, and Angie has been working with him as her nutrition coach. He definitely has so much passion for this, as you're going to hear, and he really has the heart of a teacher. The metabolism is a pretty complicated subject, but I always enjoy how how he's able to break it down and explain just really how unfair it is because everyone's metabolism is different, and eventually diets stop working because your body goes into survival mode. So he'll unpack a lot of that. He also talks about how habits beat motivation, which I know Angie's a favorite topic of yours as well. (laughs) That's right. And I really appreciate his perspective on goals versus values, how a value goes deeper than a goal. And of course, he will uh, kind of pull back the curtain and talk about how you know they help people lose weight there at MetPro and also fuel their body for performance and recondition their metabolism. Yes, I started with MetPro just after Thanksgiving of 2018. And at the time, I just had a extra weight that I couldn't get rid of despite trying to eat healthy and keeping up my marathon training. And so I was really just disillusioned and kind of at a low spot. And so I started working with my coach and they kind of helped me distill like what is my initial goal because you can have it all, you just can't have it all at once. (laughs) Um, So I told them fat loss is my main goal because I'd been pretty frustrated with that. So we started working on fat loss And I was able eventually to lose 30 pounds. And then we turned our sights more to performance and building muscle. And so it's just been a wonderful program that's kind of been able to evolve with me as my body has changed, as my goals have changed. And I definitely credit it for helping me to get my marathon PR, half marathon PR, and generally just feel really good every day. And now you and Angela are building up for the Boston Marathon. So yeah, stay tuned uh, to the very end of the episode. Angie's going to come back on and share like what does her daily routine look like? What is she eating? What workouts does Angelo give her? You know, just kind of give you a snapshot if you're curious. Here is our fascinating conversation with metabolic expert and performance coach, Angelo Poli. Well on my way, well on my way. Well on my way, well on my way. 
Okay, we're on the podcast now with Angela Poli from MetPro. Angela, welcome back. Are you excited about the new year or what? I am looking forward to 2022. Let's do this. I'm always an optimistic guy, so this is going to be a better year. Let's go do this. Awesome. So we're just coming off all the holiday celebrations. So I'm wondering, Angelo, have you always made healthy choices? No. <laughs> Was that not the answer you were expecting? <laughs> no. I. Some from the community and listeners may not know this. I walked with a cane for 10 years. You know? Wow. You're a young guy. 10 oh. years. What are you doing walking with a cane so young? Well, see, I was young and foolish and didn't listen to my body and overtrained. And pretty soon mm. it became an acute injury, turned into a chronic injury, turned into multiple back surgeries. So I, I have not always made good choices. And, you know, when you're having pain and when you're down and out, you don't always make the best food choices either. So what you have to do is you have to slowly have a strategy to get yourself back to a good place. And it's not easy. It's challenging. But th that's what I love talking with people about. We love helping people to do so. I think I've seen some of your muscle pictures. Did you come from a like a bodybuilding background? I was just one of those, you know, weekend warrior types. My, my wife tells me I am too old to have shirtless photos on the internet. She doesn't let me do that anymore. Those are old photos. <laughs> That's the same reason why I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> the photo you are probably referring to, though, was the one where I was probably holding my cane. And everybody says, oh, you're a golfer. You had a golf club. I'm like, no, I just missed the mark with that photo. Everyone thought it was a, a driver, a golf club. It was actually my cane. That hmm. that was my little, you know, victory march after it was a long time working myself back, even with limitations. And as always, the key is the science, the strategy and understanding the metabolism, right? Not the marketing version of metabolism, but the actual how the biology works and how your body acclimates and using that to recover, whether it is your body composition, your fitness, your performance and your health. And so um, that was a while ago, but we're still after it. Well, what you just said right there, that, that's probably a good place to jump in about the metabolism. Yeah. So, you know, literally at MetPro, the phone is ringing off the hook, proverbially. <laughs> Actually, nobody calls. It's all emails. <laughs> Everybody wants, you know, they just decided enough is enough. I, I'm not going to recount. Everybody knows we've had a rough couple of years. Uh, but I really do feel like people are at a better place, regardless of what comes down the pipe. We're ready to say, you know what, despite what comes, I I'm ready to get healthy. I'm ready to get back in shape. People are finding they're not liking what they're seeing when they step on the scale, or they're not liking how they're feeling when they wake up in the morning. Now, here's the silver lining. You know what a lot of people are telling me? They're saying before I had a schedule and a job and a this and a that that didn't afford me any options to take care of myself. Whereas now for some people, I'm hearing I have a little more flexibility in this new hybrid age and this digital age where we're doing more remote work. More people are doing at least part of their job at home. And even if they're not at home, 
a little more flexibility is built into most people's schedules. I'm not speaking in absolutes because everybody, of course, has a different circumstance. And we've been able to strategically take advantage of those and help people get the body transformations that they're looking for that maybe they haven't been able to see all the way through to completion. So as we talk about that word metabolism, I started kind of in this path 20 years ago. So two decades, almost 21 years ago now. So in the early 2000s, I would talk about metabolism and people would look at me like I had a third eye. You know, what wh what is this guy talking about? That was just a, a word that people would hear referenced in context of blood work, blood sugar, diabetes, that sort of thing. And then something interesting happened. It caught on and it started being used as a marketing reference point for were you born with a fast metabolism or slow metabolism? And it was almost like a sentence. That's it. You are this and you can't mm -hmm. break away. So therefore, since you're this, you have to that. More recently, it's been influenced to be this catch-all phrase that refers to if I'm doing something good, I'm, I'm helping my metabolism. If I'm doing something bad, I'm hurting my metabolism. And that's not exactly the truth either. Some people would be surprised to find out metabolism, as we are going to talk about it, not the medical setting, but the performance, body weight, composition, energy setting, refers to the sum total of biological processes that determine whether or not you are burning a lot of energy or a little energy. And the truth is, the way this works is when you even do everything right, your metabolism's job is to acclimate. Therefore, if you're eating poorly, eating too much, your metabolism is actually speeding up. Now, you're not going to be happy about the side effects that come along with that, but your metabolism from a biological standpoint is put in a state where now it has to acclimate up to compensate for extra, for the junk food, for the apple pie. See, that's the way it works. And when you're doing everything quote unquote right, even if you're losing weight, even if you're eating clean, your metabolism is now presented with a state where it needs to acclimate to that to stop you from losing more weight so you don't die. <laughs> and so it's in a state of slowing down. And so don't think of this in terms of good or bad. Think of it simply in terms of a compensation mechanic that once you understand how it works within your body, you can control and you can use to your advantage versus just a frustrating element that creates aggravation. So this time of year, well, what are you guys here? What are people asking you this time of year? Yeah, I think people are definitely taking a look at what went right in 2021 and what went wrong and what they want to do differently and coming up with goals. And, you know, there's also that piece of the picture, you know, we have goals and then often we think, oh, well, I need to stay motivated to achieve these goals. And I, I tend to think that motivation is overrated because it comes down to having a solid plan and then having good habits. Maybe you can weigh in on that from the nutrition side of things um, yeah. because the motivation is not always going to be there. <laughs> so habit and routine beat out motivation. You have to have motivation to get started. 
something that one of my mentors really drilled into me. He was an exceptional coach. Uh, now, he wasn't in the, uh, the health space. He was in the motivation space. But he said a good coach lends others their passion, their motivation until they find their own. Oh, that's good. So motivation is the spark. But if you go back and you track, you talk with people that are successful at making sustainable progress with their health goals, with their performance goals, with their athletic goals, you name it, you are going to draw a straight line between habit and routine and success. People ask me all the time, say, Angela, I went and I, I did a, you know, a two-hour boot camp. First time I went to the gym and, you know, a couple months, I did a two-hour boot camp. I, I walked until I was, you know, nearly unconscious. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, aren't you proud of me? And I'm like, you know what I'll be proud of? I want five minutes and I want five minutes every morning. Because, see, that's something I can build on top of. Mm -hmm. I have this illustration that I use. I have two clients. Client A says to me, Angelo, I did what you said. I shopped in advance and I prepared the meals, the snacks that you asked. I had it all ready to go. I went out the door. I brought it with me. I had a good day, but I caved. On my way home from work, I stopped at Grandma's house. She was cooking fresh apple pie, and I couldn't say no to Grandma, and it smelled so good, and I had two pieces of apple pie. I blew it. That's client A. Client B says to me, Angelo, I didn't have time last night. XYZ came up, so I didn't prepare. But this morning when I got up, I made sure that I grabbed on my way out something healthy. And then at lunch, I ran down to the store and then I picked up this snack. And I want you to know you'll be proud of me. I stuck to my diet. Perfect today. Don't be client B. I That's probably counterintuitive to people. Right? <laughs> yeah. I can't do anything with client B because client B did something that's going to help them lose half a pound on the scale today. Client B did nothing that is going to take steps towards any ongoing progressive or permanent change. Client A probably gained a pound that day. <laughs> But client A took all the steps necessary to lay the foundation for success the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year. So there's an interesting book I read by um, Dr. Jason Selk. It was called Organize Tomorrow Today. And he talks about process goals versus product goals. So a product goal could be, I want to lose 10 pounds. But weight's going to fluctuate. Like you said, you could step on a scale and weigh up one pound lighter or heavier the day before. So the product goal um, is good, but more importantly is a process goal. Like what changes are you making? What little things are you doing every day to get to the product goal? And the process goals with inside your control because these are choices you can make on a daily basis. Yes, Trevor, that is exactly it. And so even, you know, I'll kind of peel back the curtain a little bit. So the very first 72 hours, so somebody reaches out to us and says, okay, I've heard about MetPro. I know this is not quick or easy. I want to get that out of the way right now. You, want, you stay up till one in the morning and watch infomercials for the ab roller if you want quick and easy. If you want real <laughs> and sustainable, it's going to be hard. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to be gradual, but it's going to be progressive and permanent. Now I'm going to tell you what the first three days are going to be like when you reach out. 
And these are experts that this is what they do, finding the most relevant strategies, and we'll get to science in a minute, the most relevant strategies to empower people to be successful. A lot of that has to do with time management, quick prepping techniques, the right type of exercise, understanding what to do, what not to do, and how to use the minutes and seconds of your day optimally. And you know what they want in the first 72 hours? They don't care whether you gain weight, whether you lose weight. What they care is that we have a consistent baseline and we install a routine. So they're going to give you a meal plan that is going to be nothing special. People reach out to me all the time is why is your diet better than this other diet? Because they don't understand it's not a diet. We have literally hundreds of meal plans and diets that we use. There is no special diet. It's about establishing a consistent baseline so I don't have to guess what is or isn't going to work for you. So in the first 72 hours, that's going to be, hey, Johnny, here's what I want you to do. You know, you're, you're 42 years old. You're a mesomorphic body type. You're moderately active. I'm going to put you on this very run-of-the-mill, basic sports nutrition meal plan that I've selected for its simplicity and efficacy. You're going to follow these foods for 72 hours, and there's only three potential outcomes. You're going to gain weight. You're going to lose weight. You're going to stay the same weight. So we're going to end the debate. There is no, no, this is the best way to eat. Or if you want to lose weight, you do that. Or if you want to build muscle, you do that. I don't ever like to suppose I know what will happen in the future when I can say, here's what we did. Let's just look back and see what the result was. Because now you're not guessing. That's actual. That's real. So now I can come back to Johnny and say, Johnny, here's exactly what you did. Now, because we have a system, I can say you ate this many grams of protein, this many grams of fat, this many grams of carbs. You did this much activity. It was in the aerobic pathway or it was in the strength training protocol or it was this, that or the other. And here is the result your body just had. By the way, maybe you've had a different result in the past. I can't tell you how many times people raise their hand and say, I did XYZ before and last time I did it, I had lost so much weight or had a different response. What we need to know as coaches is how your body is responding right here and now and base our next step off of that. So when we start with someone, we take someone through a simple baseline testing process. After about 72 hours, we get a feel for here's how this person is starting to respond. And then we can get a little bit tighter and a little bit tighter and a little bit tighter until we're dead on exactly what they need. And it is fascinating how unique every single person is. I was going to say, I think that's one of the the great things about MetPro is that there's no one size fits all because every person is unique and different exercise factors and, you know, time of life and just the way your body responds. And I also like the fact that, you know, you're dealing with a person's today body, not the body they had 10 years ago or even 10 months ago. Yeah, that's, that's it. It is absolutely amazing that you could, I could line up 10 women, all similar age, activity level, rough approximate, similar demographic, put them on the exact same meal plan. I kid you not, you will get 10 different results. You'll get 10 different results. I wish we could do more of a one size fits all because then it's just, here's the deal. Either you work hard and you get the results or you're not willing to put in the work. 
However, I get people that say that all the time. It's like, oh, well, that person doesn't, you know, have the objective they're after because they're not willing to do the work. Okay, so that's garbage. It just is. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a work ethic related here, and I'm not saying that's not the story in some cases, but everyone's body is different. And what person A has to do to get a result is always different from what person B has to do to get a result. And it's those nuances that, that make this topic of metabolism so frustrating. It obscures it. it, it shrouds it in this kind of fog, this mystery. And so what you have is a lot of new stuff. Now, I'm, I'm a science geek and I love the latest gadgets and I'm fascinated and some new stuff is coming down the pipeline. So this is what we do at MetPro is we take, we research all the latest stuff. Okay, what is beneficial first? What's scientific? And then what's practical? Because I can teach you all the different nuances of, you know, uh, of training with you know, heart rate monitors and the, you know, fat burning zone where you're doing fasting state and you're uh, compensating for pulmonary drift and blood viscosity. <laughs> That's not practical. <laughs> right. What can we implement that is going to get the average person from point A to point B quickly? And so you have all these really neat things coming down the pipeline. But most of them are about quicker tracking. So you have a reference for a data point, like, oh, here's, here's my results. I'm sleeping good or I'm not sleeping as good. And here's my patterns or here's how much I'm eating. Here's the macronutrient profile of what I'm eating. Or here's, uh, you know, blood work has done this. So I have some allergies to this or proclivity to that. Or these are inflammation markers. And so the science is progressing gradually. And I would say that it has started to really break free to the point where it's helping us quickly identify activities for wellness. But in a lot of cases, it's still lagging when it comes to strategies for converting all those metrics into actionable do this to help you lose the next 10 pounds or do that to help you put on the next 10 pounds of muscle or do this to get to the next level with your running times, your PRs. And to illustrate, here's why. And, and keep in mind, I'm a fan of all these new sciences, but here is why there isn't that, that silver bullet, that magic pill yet. Because every strategy you take, you're going to hit a fork in the road. So in other words, if you, okay, go get your blood work, and, I, and I'm for this, get your blood work tested, go and, you know, breathe into the machine that's going to tell you whether you're burning more in the oxidative pathway, or you're more in the glycolytic pathway, um, do all the allergy tests, do all of these things, and it's great. And based on this, okay, here's a starting point, follow that meal plan. And if you're consistent, you're going to see progress for about two or three weeks. Now, on the other side of the coin, and I'm being a little dramatic and jaded here just because I do this day in, day out, but here's the truth. On the other side of the coin, go down to Barnes & Nobles, go to the diet section, close your eyes and point, take that book, go home and follow that meal plan, and you're going to see some progress for about two to three weeks. When I start with a client, I'm not thinking about the first two to three weeks, any consistent program is going to work for two to three weeks. 
I'm thinking about what is the state of your metabolism when you hit the first fork in the road or the first plateau where your metabolism goes, okay, I get it. Now we're doing this. Nice try. I'm used to that now. You're not going to make any more progress until you change something else. What's step two? What's step three? What's step four? This is shocking to people. I had a conversation with a client literally yesterday and he said, dude, <laughs> this is a lot of food. I could eat way less. I said, I know. I know you can. He goes, well, you want me to eat less? I can eat less. I want to lose weight faster. I'm like, I want you to eat the most food I can possibly push through your system while you lose weight. And see, now that's, that's the underscore, highlight, asterisk, exclamation mark, while you lose weight. Because guess what's going to happen soon enough, no matter how good of a program you're on, you're going to hit that plateau. And now either I have lots of options when you hit that plateau, that fork in the road, or I have very few options. So when he hits that plateau, then you can start backing off the food to keep the weight loss going. I have all kinds of leverage. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Wiggle room. <laughs> Wiggle room. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head why it's so hard for people to stick to their nutrition or fitness goals. You know, going into the new year, they're really gung-ho. They're feeling good for two or three weeks doing everything quote unquote right. But then they hit that plateau and then it just feels like, oh, I'm all this effort is being wasted because right. see, I'm not making progress anymore. And they're not looking at the long-term perspective of what the metabolism is doing. Right. And, and you know, the greatest human motivator is progress. When you see progress, you're like, I could do this forever. This is great. This is when you hit a plateau and guess what? You will plateau. Everybody plateaus. No, It's not a matter of it was a good strategy or bad strategy. It means your biology is working. That's like saying, oh yeah, my body won't get a temperature if I get sick. No, that's your body's natural response to change. You're going to plateau. You're going to hit that fork in the road. But remember this, as you go into, okay, 2022, let's set some goals. As you go into that mindset, remember that fads and diets in general, I don't like to over categorize or stereotype, but just fads and gimmicks. Let's put it in that category. Favor, quick and temporary. Athletics, sports nutrition, favor gradual and permanent. And it doesn't mean that the two can't coexist. It doesn't mean that we can't hit, you know, hit the ground running and get some fast results. But what we want to do is we want to actually change your biology versus create a circumstance. And I'll illustrate exactly what that means. I had a client, a gal said to me just the other day, Angelo, I weigh, and for her, it was, I weigh 130 pounds. Not that that is a good weight or a bad weight or anything in between. That was where she wanted to be. I weigh 130 pounds. I hit it. Yes. I said, no, you don't. She goes, what do you mean? No, I don't. I got up this morning. I got on the scale. I weigh 130 pounds. I said that you do not own that weight. Like, well, why don't I own that weight? Is because you are not eating enough right now. See, when you hit that weight and you're eating a diet that is sustainable more or less the rest of your life, now you weigh 130 pounds. Today, this morning, it's just a circumstance. The circumstance is you've been holding your breath the last three days. You've been eating like mm -hmm. a bird. And so you're lighter on the scale, just like if you got the flu. There's nothing permanent, which is why I'm going to diet you down to 127. 
and then I'm actually going to make you gain three pounds back in muscle while we reacclimate your body to more calories, more carbohydrates, get your metabolism to adapt to that to where now you're sitting at 130 pounds and oh, by the way, you're actually eating a sustainable intake. Right. Yeah. I think that's so important to point out too, because just with fluctuations, monthly fluctuations, especially for women who are still experiencing their menstrual cycle. I mean, there's water weight, you know, post-workout, there can be inflammation, just a huge variety, how much salt you had during the day. Um, you know, scale is always going to be in flux. And so I think if a person gets too focused on one specific number, that may not be the healthiest path for them. Absolutely. And but you you've seen this yourself, Angie, you've seen how people in the back of their mind, they like hearing that, but they're still skeptical. Can my metabolism really change? It can. It takes work, right? You've gone through it. But did your metabolism change? Oh, 100%. And it's still changing. I mean, every day it's changing. (laughs) You you can control it with the right strategy. So I can boil it down to, to five things, five basics. The first is your body type and goal. People are shocked at what a goal setting session is with our coaches, with our experts. Um, A goal setting session is going to be sitting down and having a very candid conversation about what we are not going to do first, (laughs) what we're not going to focus on. Because everybody comes to me and says, Angelo, I want to, you know, I want to tone up. I want to lean a few pounds. I want more energy. I want to hit some PRs. I want to be able to play with the grandkids. I want all these things. And every one of those things is, are you the guys? Can you do this? Can you help me achieve those objectives? Yeah, that's what we do. But here's what you have to do. You have to pick which one do you want to do first? Because there's two types of people. (laughs) There's people who are genetically predisposed, basically barring a horrible routine. They're genetically predisposed to having a very lean athletic physique. We hate those people. (laughs) I'm not those people. We're all jealous of those people. (laughs) Of those people. No, I'm totally kidding, of course. But you know, that's what and and a lot of that is linked to some youth. You know, most of us as we get into more mature years, those days are behind us, even if we remember the time in our life where as long as we were reasonable, our body would just drift into this naturally fit athletic state. For Mm -hmm. most of us, what's the truth? The truth is, uh, without any outside impact, we tend to drift in the wrong direction. So that means we have to apply specific demand. That demand is going to come from, I'm going to boil it down and call it out. So these are the grandfather categories. It's going to fall into one of these categories. It's going to come from calorie manipulation, macronutrient manipulation. It's going to come from increased caloric spend. So think of that as like aerobic activity. It's going to come from additional muscular development, adding lean mass. Those are the four grandfather categories. Now the back two, caloric spend via exercise and muscular activity, those are going to be overarching themes where you start now, you're going to see dividends return on that months later. The nutritional is going to be a dial that you're going to turn and you're going to see more immediate results. So that's why people ask, why is it when you first start, you focus so much in that first 7, 10 days on the food aspect? Because that's going to give us that immediate feedback and direction and change that we're looking for. 
So those are the levers. We have to figure out how are we going to create enough demand using those levers that we get something to change. That can be anything. People call me up all the time like, hey, I, I want to be able to squat twice my body weight. I want to be able to, you know, deadlift. I want to be able to 40 yard dash. I want to improve my sport. I'm going to talk about weight loss because about 85% of people that reach out to us, like here's the story. I'm determined. I work hard. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. But this one area of my life, this is harder than I was expecting. It eludes me. Give me the science. What are the next steps? So for that reason, I'm going to talk about weight loss. So when somebody comes to me and says, I want to X, Y, Z, we have to cut through the clutter and the noise and say, here are the one or two most relevant things that we're going to start with. We're going to hit these objectives. We're going to check them off the list and then move on to the next and the next and the next. And that is the principle of specificity. So the principle of specificity calls out, and I'll use, I'll use a um, strength training analogy. Powerlifting is an interesting sport. I've had the privilege of working with a lot of powerlifters. It's the only sport where you can literally train doing the exact motion and activity that you're going to do in competition. So sports specific for a powerlifter is squats, deadlifts, and bench press. Sports specific for a sprinter is sprinting. Now, how do you get sports specific for body transformation? I want to lose weight. I want to, for a power lifter, doing tricep extensions can help them, right? Doing lunges can help them, but that's considered accessory, auxiliary training. What we want is we need to make sure the main entrees are in place. For a long distance runner, cycling helps, but guess what the main entree needs to be? That's where people come to us a lot of times with great routines, both a great nutrition plan, a great exercise plan, but it has an identity crisis. It's not specific enough to get them to move toward their goal. And so for our listeners, if you're at home going, well, how do I know if my program is specific enough today? Are you making progress? And by the way, slow progress is okay. There needs to be progress. If it's so slow that you have a hard time measuring it, it's not enough progress. It needs to be relevant enough to be measurable. I mean, that's why we, <laughs> METPRO stands for metabolic profiling, because we're profiling all those little processes to see here's how your body is responding. That's what helps us get to our ultimate objective of helping somebody with that transformation. It's, hey, I just want to tone up and lose five pounds or hey, uh, my metabolism is running so slow. If I'm not exercising three hours a day and eating like a bird, I gain weight. Wherever you're at, we have to figure out where you are today and build a routine to repair your metabolism, take your performance to the next level and figure out what's step one, step two, step three and step four. And, that, and that's where the science comes in. That's why we goal set. You know what the second thing is? Lifestyle has to be. Because if I take all the science in the world and I try and one size fits all, it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I had a client who said, yeah, yeah, Angelo, all the all that strategy you told me, that's all great. So for a living, I travel and I'm on a plane literally 25 days a month. Mm -hmm. So everything you just told me, that's all great, but that's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. There's a strategy for that too. 
<laughs> There's a strategy for that too. So now what we have to do is we have to figure out what your lifestyle is and where are we going to be able to make the most difference, make our blows count, figure out where we're going to start and implement something that's sustainable. So in this case, you know, we did a lot of our meals in Starbucks because you can get some simple effective nutritional uh, meals on the go, even at airports. So is it perfect? No, but there's always a solution no matter what your lifestyle is. People ask me, when should I exercise? Whenever we can be the most consistent. So strategy. So that's where the lifestyle comes in. The third thing is kind of getting to what you were talking about, Angie. So you said uh, motivation, but habit is better than motivation. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I've found over the years. <laughs> Some days I'm just not motivated to do my run or eat healthy, even though I know it's going to help me get to my goal. Yeah, this dovetails into values versus goals. Mm -hmm. You find that spark, that motivation, use it to create long-term values. Now, I'll give you an example. Now, I love goals. All of my clients know that I'm, you know, we're always having a goal. If we don't have a goal, we're not moving forward. So you have to have a goal. But there is a difference between a value and a goal. And I'll, and I'll illustrate that. I'm getting married in 90 days and I want to look my best on my wedding day. That's a goal. <laughs> That's a mm -hmm. great goal. But in that 90 days, if that person does not parlay that, into a value. What's going to happen after the honeymoon? <laughs> Probably going to go back to the way they were before. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. So now if we use those 90 days and we use that goal of, hey, I want to look, which is great. I want to look good for my wedding or whatever it is. And we use that time to identify, you know, this lifestyle, it's really exciting to me. This is something I value. Now the odds of that person carrying that forward with them exponentially higher. So the second thing, uh, sorry, the third thing, after we look at lifestyle, we look at is a person strategic or behavioral? Um, and this ties into previous habits, previous goals. So someone who's strategic, that means that they're the type of person that call me up and they say, Angelo, you know, I'm eating tofu and rice cakes and boiled chicken and broccoli. I exercise. I go to the gym five days a week. I'm healthy and fit, but why can't I lose this last 10 pounds? That's a strategic. So the answer there is um, you're healthy. You're doing great things for your body. It is unfair. But when you're talking about that last 10, um, we're going to say aesthetic pounds, it is harder to get your body or the, the margin of error smaller. There's a smaller margin window to get your body into a state where it has to give up that last 10. And so here's what we're going to have to do. We have to recondition your body. It's going to be very strategic. We have to tow your metabolism up. We have to create enough contrast. And here's the cycle that we're going to put you on that's going to enable you to do it. That's strategic. Most people on day one, they're not strategic. Now, there are some. There are some. And I, and I would say at MetPro, we do tend to attract more of those individuals because we don't tend to be the first stop. We tend to be the last stop. But even so, the average person that we work with does not fall into that category. They fall into the category of we're behavioral. And by the way, every person on the planet falls into this category. I fall into this category at one point or another. And that is, you know what? If I eat clean and if I exercise regularly, my body does good things to me. I struggle to stay consistent with eating clean. 
with exercising regularly because I'm busy. People say, oh, it's willpower. It's like, oh, I, I don't have the results I want because I like chocolate too much. Not saying that's not out there. That is, I've heard it all. But I would say 10 to one when somebody says, yeah, I wasn't able to really follow through with my routine this week. It's because I like chocolate. No, because I got busy. So fundamentally, people ask me, well, what do you do, Angelo? People don't know me that they, they don't know anything about my background. I think, well, what do you do for, for work? Like I help people with time management. <laughs> so I tell people. Okay, yeah. I, I wait for them to fish. That, that's essentially what I do. I help people with time management. That is going to be what it boils down to. I tell everyone, win or lose is going to be based on, can, can you do two things for me? Like I, I could do that. I can exercise. I can stop it. I'm asking you two questions. Can you prepare your lunches in advance? Can you prepare your snacks in advance? So that's, that's all I want to know. Will you allow me to pick what you're going to eat just for lunches and snacks? Why am I picking those things? I have no bias. I have no alternative motives. I, there's no reason for me to pick these two things other than out of necessity, because the way I win is by getting my clients results. And those are the two things I find are absolutely critical. So if someone says, yeah, I can do that. Then my job is to teach them how to as quickly as possible shop and prep. Because if your shopping trip and your food prepping trip take half of your day, there is no way you're going to sustain it. Hmm. This has to save you time, not cost you more time. And the nice thing is technology has come a long way. Now we have this app that gives us real-time feedback. You know, I used to literally send people a book that was this thick. <laughs> they would take all these quizzes and tests, add up and calculate. Based on that calculation, fill out this chart. Now follow this meal plan, check off each meal that you have, total your results for the week, email me a copy of your results. I would do all the calculations and then I would send them back their next meal plan. That was what MetPro was years wow. and years ago. But now we're able to have an algorithm running to where it's telling you follow this. And then when you go and you just check it off, what it's doing is it's running calculations. It's actually saying the data from today's activities and this day or this series of days, morning body weight is quality data because we have a baseline. We know that you followed this meal plan or we know that you haven't followed this meal plan. And based on that, it's rating and ranking quality of that data. So that way it can run mathematics and say, ah, we have enough good data to say, based on this, here's the percentage of body weight you've lost based on taking this much food in, based on this much activity. Now here's how your progress is lining up against hundreds, thousands of others doing similar. Based on that, we recommend this, this, and this change. And so these are the tools that now <clears throat> I used to literally have to take out my pencil and paper and do all this math for one person. It wasn't very scalable. <laughs> but now these are the tools our coaches are using. There's an art and a science. There is an element of and predictability. We're human beings and everyone's biology shifts and water and this and that. Our margin of error and our ability to predict how your body is going to respond over the next days and weeks has gotten more and more accurate thanks to technology. And so we can leverage that. And you know what I leverage that most for? To tell people don't do that. Why? Because it's not working. And here's the proof. Look at this, 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 and this. 
because your body's now used to it. So we have to make an adjustment. We have to try something else. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation thus far. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Athletic Greens. In the first of the year, of course, people are thinking about implementing healthy habits. And one routine that has served us well is taking our Athletic Greens every day. AG1 is like the one supplement to rule them all. (laughs) Instead of having tons of pill bottles around and all these vitamins, with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you get 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods. Plus, it tastes good. That's right. It's a wonderful blend of ingredients to support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy. And it's definitely one of those non-negotiables the way I start my day out. If you want to give it a try, you can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Plus, they'll throw in five free travel packs. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash MTA4. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athleticgreens.com forward slash MTA4. When you were talking about strategy and behavior, you're saying that people could have the right strategy, but then you find they're not reaching their goals because of time management. Like a lot of times you found that clients uh, at the root of the problem, the reason why they're not eating healthy or exercising is just they're not managing their time well. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So for for a lot of people, we need to save time. That's the key. It has to be fast. You know, that makes me think about my time management. And if I find myself not eating healthy or not exercising, I think I'm going to go back to that and think, well, how, how well did I manage my time today? And I also like what you said about the big leverage points of uh, snacks and lunch. So this is like big boulders in the water that no one's going to be perfect all the time, but at least if we can just nail those down, it sounds like we're going to make some progress, huh? That's right. So consistency, do you have the tools in place for consistency? And oh, by the way, with those algorithms and with that math and pencil and paper that I did for years, do you know that I actually had a line item that told me that a person needed to cheat, deviate, fail on the diet a certain percentage of time for it to be healthy? Because I found if someone came back and in 30 days, they were 100% adherent, I would actually find over time, we could go back and look at hundreds of use cases. Those people were actually was less sustainable because it wasn't realistic. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a margin of error, but let's be honest, most people take too much of a margin. So -hmm. it's finding that balance because there has to be, there has to be some balance, but it's finding where the efforts go and then the right scientific lever. Um, like I was saying, there's all of these strategies out there. I'll tell you that, you know, a few years ago, it was ketogenic dieting. Now it's intermittent fasting. Before that, there was, you know, it was doing all plant-based. And you know what? All of those strategies work. All of them work. But here's the problem. I'll take ketogenic dieting for an example. I get people that come to me and we evaluate them, put them on a meal plan. They say, oh, no, going low carb always helps me lose more weight. Why aren't you putting me on a low carb diet? Well, the answer is very simple. I want to, but you've been on a low carb diet. (laughs) Why are you calling me? (laughs) You're calling me because it's no longer working. It's not that it didn't work. It did its thing. Your metabolism acclimated. Going back to it a second time or going, oh, I'm already low carb. Let me cut 20 more grams is not going to do anything. It's just not enough. So we got to recondition that metabolism back up. And so real quick, I want to share, and this was the last thing, and this is where baseline testing 
and the strategy really comes in is here's the proof you can recondition your metabolism back up. When somebody comes to me and we have pulled all the levers, in other words, Angelo, I started with you. I wanted to lose, you know, 35 pounds. Um, I am down 27, but I have pulled all the levers. I'm not going to eat any less. Can't. We start losing performance. Your energy starts tanking. It's tempting to go there. Don't do it. It never works. You crash your diet. You crash your intake. And what I'm thinking of is if you do that, I know because of the last 20,000 people I've worked with, you are going to gain five pounds. And if you crash your diet from already a low intake level, you're only going to lose two more than you are now. And that math is not in your favor. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Patience. We're going to cycle back around and get it. So here's what we're going to do. I say to Johnny, I say, Johnny, what I want you to do tomorrow is we're going to add half a cup of oatmeal. We're going to add, you know, quarter of an apple. We're going to add a little bit of sweet potato. We're going to add a little bit of tofu. We're going to add a chicken breast. We're going to add a rice cake with peanut butter, whatever it is. We're going to add just a little bit. And he says to me, well, what's that going to do? And I tell him nothing. That's the idea. It's going to do nothing to you. Nothing. But your body's going to get used to having it because it's such a small amount. Your metabolism go, okay, I can close that gap. And then two or three days later, now we're going to add another quarter cup oatmeal. Two or three days later, now we're going to add another little bit of brown rice. Now we're going to add a little this, a little that, a little this. Pretty soon, he's going to go, Angela, what the heck? I just lost, I just lost 27 pounds with you, and now I gained a pound back. I say, perfect. That's what I'm <laughs> looking for. Now you're going to go lose that pound, but here's the catch. You cannot eat a bite less food. You have to do it with exercise because you can't exercise 30 pounds off. Well, You'd have to have a very wide open schedule. Let's put it that way. <laughs> very unlikely you're going to exercise 30 pounds off. But you know what? You can exercise one pound off and you can do that in a matter of a day or two. Even if it's just getting on that treadmill and power walking for an extra half hour, and whatever it is, meeting you where you're at, whatever you can do, you can lose one pound through exercise. So Johnny comes back to me the next day and he goes, Whew, I did it, Angela. Okay. I lost that extra, that one pound you told me to. Now what? Now I want you to eat another quarter cup of brown rice. I want you to have a rice cake with peanut butter. I want you to have a little bit more sweet potato. Well, how long am I going to do this for? Until you gain that pound back. <laughs> I didn't make him gain and lose that same pound four or five times over the course of a few weeks. But what's that going to do? It's going to recondition his metabolism back to running blazing fast. So now guess what I can do? I can cut carbs or I can cut calories or I can manipulate this, that or the other. And I can create enough contrast to get him to start losing weight again, or, or more importantly, change in body composition, the whole nine yards, because you have to have leverage. It's not about right diet, wrong diet. It's about, is there enough of a contrast between what your body's used to today versus what we change it to, to elicit a response? And that's the piece. Well, that's the piece that we love to do with people at MetPro. We love to dive in. We love to work with people one-on-one, -on -one, evaluate, okay, what are we eating? How is your body responding? What is our best next step? And say, hey, you know what? We actually, looking at this data, we can cut another five or six pounds off. And then we're going to stop. We're going to pause. We're going to do a metabolic revving cycle for a few weeks. And then we're going to take another eight, 10 pounds off. Or 
Yes, Johnny, I know you want to lose another 10 pounds, but based on this, 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 and this, you can't. Because the only way to do it is to crash your calories so low that remember what's going to happen. You'll lose two more pounds now, but you'll gain five tomorrow because that's what happens. So being able to determine when we have the ability to push that advantage and when we have to be strategic and take care of your metabolism. And that, that's the strategy. That's the science that we love to help people with. And it works. That's the beauty thing, <laughs> yeah. the beauty of it. So Angie, you and you and Angela just started working together. Mm-hmm. Can you guys just give us like, uh, give the listeners a little peek into what the plan is? What, what, what are you guys going to do as you're working together? Uh, well, I don't want to get in trouble. Am I, am I allowed to say? I'm, I'm going to do what Angelo tells me. Go, <laughs> tell <Yeah>. me now. <laughs> okay, so here it is. So uh, basically our strategy right now is uh, coming off the long weekend, we're going we're gonna to get hyper specific. And this week we're going to do, and I'm going to nerd out just a little bit. We're actually dropping your calories slightly because we have the leverage in the room to do so. If your intake was too low, we couldn't. So we're dropping your calories just slightly. And what we're gonna do is a combination of upper body type two muscle fiber training and very individual muscle group specific lower body training that's not gonna have a hypertrophic effect. And I actually am gonna take three pounds off of you, Angie, if you'll allow. And I'm gonna- Of course, we're gonna, you can have them. <laughs> we're gonna work towards that. We're gonna do that in, a, in the short run. We're gonna do that in a matter, literally a matter of days. Then we're going to restructure our program. We're going to put a few grams of carbs and protein back, and then we're going to add back in type two muscle fiber training, and we're just going to skyrocket your metabolism. We're probably going to sit there for a couple, three weeks, and then we're going to be in a good place metabolically to do a deep dive into a cutting cycle. And then that's where we're going to, we're going to get you back to your tip because you're not far from your peak. We're just going to get you right. right back where you were at your peak and it's going to be no problem. You're going to do great with it because you're consistent, you're hardworking, you're doing all the things. Yeah, I'm excited. And, and the great thing too, as you know, a runner and having races on the calendar is that your Met Pro coach will work with you around your races. And so that, you know, I've got Boston Marathon on the calendar for April. So we're going to do a cutting cycle earlier so that by the time the marathon comes around, I'm on an up adjust and have the necessary fuel and energy to be able to have a strong race. Has to be. And it's, it, I mean, it's just common sense. Everybody knows this. This isn't, you know, a, a revelation for people. You're not going to hit your best time if you're not getting an optimal, I don't want to say optimal, enough. If you're not getting enough fuel and then, you know, I, I can hear the debates. I can hear the arguments. No, no, I, I run better when I'm a couple pounds lighter. No, two pounds lighter, three. Talk to me about 30 pounds lighter. Yes. <laughs> two, three pounds. You will run better when your body has the fuel that it needs. So mm-hmm. that means time those cutting cycles because a lot of people, yes, they do want to be lighter for their race. I got to get you to the weight that we're going to go into that race weeks, ideally months, but at least weeks before that ramp up. Once we're there, then what you'll find is you're just going to burn through all those calories in that uh, ramp up training. And so you won't gain more. Your body will just utilize and become more efficient at using that fuel. And you know what a great time to do a cutting cycle is? Immediately post-race because you've done an organic, a natural revving cycle or an up adjust. You've gotten your body used to more intake. 
you haven't gained a bunch of body fat because as the calories came in, you're expending them. Your metabolism is just having to speed up faster and faster and faster in compensation for all that extra work and food. And then right after a race, if you take a few weeks or a couple months, great time to do a cutting cycle. We're going to bring you down another whatever it is, another 10 pounds lighter, another 5 pounds lighter, another 30 pounds lighter, whatever your personal goal is for our listeners at home. And then pause, perform, and we can do it all again. That's the key. Good stuff. We look forward to watching that <laughs> process. <All right. laughs> It's an honor getting to work with you guys. Thank you so much, of course. And thank you for having me back on. This is a great time. A lot of people are motivated. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, you guys, I say this every time I come on, you guys have an awesome community. You yes, listeners at home, you guys rock. My wife is a big fan. She's a she's a runner. Um, awesome. You know, she's she's out on the track when she can. When we're home, she's got her Peloton tread and she loves the motivation. I love it. Just a great community to work with. And because, you know, your community is already focused, they're not a, allergic to some hard work. They're, they're already in the mindset of, hey, I want to yeah. get out there. I want to get healthy. I want to run. I want to enjoy this part of my life. When you add in the scientific bits and pieces for the nutrition, it's magic. Can we give folks a bonus? Do you get like five more minutes? Angela? Yeah, absolutely. Let's give them a little bonus mindset piece here. One time when we had you on the podcast, you talked about the importance of seeing yourself as an athlete. You know, even though we're not professional athletes, we're not sponsored by Nike or anything. <laughs> we're, we're weekend warriors, you know, we want to live our best life, be our best selves. So can you speak to that? Uh, yeah. The importance of seeing oneself as an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and so first... People used to come back in the day when I had my brick and mortar gyms, people would walk in and they'd look because we had a top, top of the very, not the ceiling, but just on the top of the wall, which is lined all the way around the gym with before and after photos of normal, real people. Yes, we had our pro athletes and our, you know, Olympians and all that up there as well, but 99% just normal people. And people ask, well, what's the trick? You know, how do I, how do I look like an athlete? I want to look like an athlete. What do I have to eat? What do I have to do to look like an athlete? Here's the deal. You have to become an athlete. Mm -hmm. You have to be an athlete. Don't put any limits on it. You don't have to be there in 48 hours, but you have to start. If you start and you think of yourself, don't put yourself in the, and I never want to talk bad about because there's a lot of health. This saves people life, but don't, it's unnecessary to put yourself in the diet community weight loss community, put yourself in the athletic community, in the sports community, even if athletic mm. for you today is getting up and walking around the block. If that's day one for you, that's your sport. Hit PRs, work for that next goal. Because when you work for that and you move towards that each day, you're going to have these milestones. You're going to have these wins and those wins are going to motivate you. People ask me, they say, you know, Ah, that's all vanity. And you just, you know, you focused on body composition. You know what? And there may be some truth to that. That's not the most important thing. But we're human beings. And if you can look in the mirror and see a physical representation of progress and it motivates you, it's okay to have that also. But don't have just that. See, because you got to have, you know, you go to the doctor, you get your blood work done and you can see progress. When you have your health as a goal, when you have your performance as a goal, when you have the things in life you love, energy to spend doing the things you love, to spend time with the people you love, 
And then you have the right science. So you look in the mirror and you see step-by-step -step small progress. All of those things, that's good. That's all good. There's worse things that people could be doing. Those are healthy habits. Start by getting out, get out in nature. And if you can, put on the headset. Listen to Trevor and Angie and go for, just go for a walk. Go for a walk. I promise you, it won't be long. It'll be a trot and then a jog. Mm -hmm. You'll be running before you know it. Get yourself a tribe. This is a great tribe. When you have that tribe and that motivation, you do exactly what Trevor said earlier. He said, when I hear and see what other people are doing and the enjoyment they're getting, man, that motivates me. Oh, that is the truth. It's awesome. You're an athlete. Think of yourself as an athlete, no matter where you're starting. Love it. If people want to learn more about MetPro and talk to uh, one of the coaches there, let's send them. Where, where can we send them? metpro.co slash MTA. Go to metpro.co slash MTA. And it, it's our, we get to play favorites here. So if you're part of the Marathon Training Academy group, we're get, you get top of the pile. We're going to take and put, right. get you right on with a coach. So please go to metpro.co slash MTA. I'd love to meet you and my team would love to talk with you. Fantastic. It's been great having you on the podcast again, Angelo, and here's to an awesome 2022. That's right. Thanks a million, guys. All right. Well, it's always great to speak with Angelo. He's just so full of energy. I know that Angie, you and him have been working together and you guys have a call once a week. Is he even that energetic on the call? Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> If I could just borrow some of that for myself. <laughs> well, it's interesting when you're talking to someone who's so full of energy, you find your, your own energy is going up. Yeah. So maybe that's something that helps his clients even achieve more because he's such a positive person. But he does make you work. So you're going to give us a little snapshot into what a day has looked like, just an average day, as you're training for the Boston Marathon. Um, you're waking up by 3 a.m. to do <laughs> 75,000 push-ups. Nothing that exciting. And just a caveat here, the Met Pro coaching is individualized based on your personal goals. Yeah. So just because, you know, it's something that I'm doing doesn't mean that it translates to everyone who's on the program. I think I heard Angela say there are 670 different meal plan variations in their Met Pro app. So the mounts and combinations that I eat would be different from someone else on Met Pro. But as I was going through this, I realized I have the eating frequency of a hobbit. You know, they've got like breakfast, second breakfast, 11 Z's, luncheon, afternoon tea, <laughs> dinner, supper. <laughs> is there a reason for that? Like keeping the metabolism revved is what I've heard. Yeah. And it seems to work really well for me. If I go too long between meals, I tend to get low blood sugar, especially because I'm so active. So eating more frequently is just seems to work really well. All right, Angela, let's hear about your Spartan lifestyle. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I usually get up about six o'clock every morning and do my morning meditation first off. So that seems to be a really great way to get my day started off on the right track. And then I kind of do like a pre-breakfast. So I do, I juice a lemon in warm water. And then I take my athletic greens in 12 ounces of water every day. And then I have green tea. And during this time, I'm, you know, helping the kids get out the door to school and, doing some personal reading in the morning, which I feel like is a good habit for me. Then I have breakfast. Usually it's a big bowl of oatmeal with chia seeds, maybe a scoop of collagen protein in there, slivered almonds, um, frozen mixed fruit. 
And then I do my morning run and that varies in distance depending on, of course, what I'm training for and what day of the week it is. After my morning run, I actually save half of the bowl of oatmeal and that's my mid-morning snack. So it just makes it really simple. I make the big bowl of oatmeal, eat half of it for breakfast, eat the other half for my morning snack. Well, I like that because, okay, if you get done with your run and then you're like, oh, I feel like a snack. If you don't have something already made, it'd be easy just to reach in and grab some chips that are there for the kids' school lunch or something. (laughs) Right. And there's more research showing that in that post-run period, that's the really important time to refill your glycogen stores. And I usually do two workouts a day. So then having that mid-morning snack not only helps me refuel from my run, but it also gives me the energy to go do my strength training workout. I tend to strength train four times a week. And the MetPro app has all these cool workouts in it, just a huge variety of programs. And so Angela has been kind of prescribing certain strength training workouts for me to do. But I do got to say, you have been in the habit of strength training for a long time. I have. So this is not a big ask for me because I love to strength train and it's something I've been doing regularly for three years. Then post-workout, I usually have a protein drink. Um, Depending on how hard I worked out and what my meal plan is like at the time depends on, you know, how many grams of protein I have. Then sometimes if I have kind of more time in my morning, I sit in our infrared sauna for 30 to 40 minutes, which I really enjoy and is a great uh, tool for recovery. And then after the sauna, I take a shower and then usually work on my computer for a while before lunch. Working on your computer, that sounds fascinating. Can you give us some more (laughs) details about that? Oh, you know, exciting things like checking email and working on upcoming episodes and all that good stuff. People might be interested about the sauna. Uh, We do have a Finleo. It's a little two-person sauna, infrared, that gets up to about 140 degrees Fahrenheit. So Angie, continuing on with your your day. Which pretty much consists mostly of food, (laughs) as I'm reading this. (laughs) So lunch varies depending on whether we have leftovers or what's going on. Um, Just random day this week, I had a chopped salad and then a Kodiak waffle with two tablespoons of almond butter on top. You're allowed to eat waffles? These are special uh, protein-enhanced whole grain waffle mix. So Made by Kodiak. Yep. And then after lunch, I usually go into a, a work block before the kids get home from school and try to get something done. And then my afternoon snack, usually have like an apple and a half cup of low-fat cottage cheese. Then the kids are usually home from school. I try to connect with them, start dinner, maybe do a bit of reading if I'm lucky. <laughs> Um, Sometimes kids need to be run to various sporting events and things. And then dinner, which I will admit is the bane of my day because I don't love to cook. But you are good at it. (laughs) So for example, the other night for dinner, we had salmon cakes, baked potatoes, and green beans. Then sometimes kids need to be picked up from practices or taken to practices, dinner cleanup. Um, and then usually I, my brain has pretty much shut off by then and my energy levels are winding down. So I read in my chair with some hot tea, get ready for bed, pretty much in bed by nine o'clock every night and have my light out by 930. No exciting nightlife. <laughs> no, there isn't. <laughs> That's the way I like it. So Angie, you're not going to tell us that you, you throw in like one more third workout before you go to bed? <laughs> no. Surely you, you can't sneak in like a, a quick 10 miler. <laughs> Nope. Not if I want to get to bed on time. Sleep is actually more important than workouts. 
when it comes to your overall health. So I've, I try to prioritize getting eight hours of sleep a night. I don't always accomplish it, but that's my goal. And especially as I get older, I find that I need more recovery and sleep is one important part of that. Does your life look any different when you're not training for a marathon versus what we're seeing now? Not really. I mean, I'm a person who tends to thrive by a schedule and I like my schedule. So, you know, if I'm not training for a marathon, maybe my my weekly runs have less mileage, but pretty much this is, yeah, this is how I live my life. It's really cool to get into a routine and have like that rhythm, that pace in life. So I think something to keep in mind is that my schedule is not going to work for everyone. I mean, you know, some people are probably yawning right now being like, where's the spontaneity? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, how can you eat the same thing for breakfast every morning? So obviously it's not for everyone. But I think the great thing about establishing habits and routines is that you can make it your own. You can really vary it, but also have it work really well for you. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being a listener and subscriber. If we can help you in any way, please reach out. We have a contact form on the website, marathontrainingacademy.com. And of course, to talk with a MetPro coach, go to metpro.co forward slash MTA. If you decide to work with them, you can save $500 on their concierge coaching if you tell them we sent you. Well, you guys are awesome. Keep taking action in your goals. And remember, you have what it takes to run a marathon and change your life. Right on my way.